0: Hi there and welcome back to The Fuse Show. Today we have Konark Sharma. Konark Sharma is the CEO and founder of Freestand Sampling Solutions, the trial marketing platform for fast-moving consumer goods. He started his journey as a student entrepreneur, as an undergraduate student pursuing computer science, and has pursued building technology ventures since. He's also a consultant at Future Army, the Future Army Officers Academy, an ed-tech startup, and formerly involved with an IoT product startup and a short film production startup. Thanks for joining us in the show.
1: Hey, thanks, David
0: so how, how how do you get involved into entrepreneurship at such a relatively early age of your life i think a lot of people are still trying to discover what drive you want to study when they're in school
1: oh uh, awesome i think uh the story behind that is like i think uh, so i wanted to get into computer science like so uh, yeah I, I think i used to play a lot of need for speed back when i was in school and uh, what i wanted to figure out was like uh, i really like lamborghini as a car so mm. i think one of my google searches was how expensive is in the right Okay. <laughs> and it said, like, about three crore Indian rupees. And, uh, and I think Indian newspapers have this, you know, uh, bad, uh, you know bad publicity thing that they do, uh, where every single time, uh, you know, somebody gets placed, like, when people back in the time uh, were getting placed at Google and whatnot, in the valley, they would essentially convert $100,000 into INR, right? Mm-hmm. So typically about $150,000 would convert into one crore. So in my head, that translated into if I get a job at Google, ultimately within three years, I can get a Lamborghini, most likely. I did not know the, what the real actual mathematics. So that's. <laughs> uh, you but that it. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> And and I and I figured out okay. So the next step was where do you get a job that pays? Like how do you how do you get a job there? I mean, no. and all the all the advice was really shitty. Like back in like 2008, right, and whatnot to find. And so the the general advice that adults had was like get into an iit which is an indian institute of technology right and i was like okay uh, but it's really hard to get into it right so it's like about 0.1 percent is something in the sure. selection rate okay. and whatever not into it so i prepared hard for that right uh, but i wanted to get into computer science like that because i i genuinely enjoyed computer science i wanted to become an engineer it was all my decision unlike for a lot of other indian uh, kids out there right uh, and uh, once i got into college right i think for, i i worked really hard on like physics chemistry mathematics and science Mm-hmm. But once I got into college, I didn't get into an IIT. I got like into a college that is slightly lesser than that. And in that process, once I went into college, in the first semester, they were like, "Okay, now we're gonna do physics, chemistry, and mathematics, but advanced level again." I was like, where the hell is computer science?" <laughs> I was like, "Fuck this shit. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to do this, right? Entirely." Uh, and I just decided then, you know, let me just go out there and mm. study on my own by myself because there is no way. Like because I I think I was in 2000 I was in ninth, ninth grade or tenth grade when I decided oh, you know what I'm going to dedicate myself to getting into IIT and I'm going to really mm-hmm. slog through that so I had already devoted a bunch to that and I did not feel fair for me to you know go through that kind of again in college so mm-hmm. I think that's the trigger plus uh, I think a lot of cool stuff was happening back then I think you know uh, Google was launching their you know uh, Google glasses right uh, heads up display glasses and I think uh, there was the project Ara that they were doing which is like a modular phone. Uh, back in the time and you know, like phones were really bubbling, YouTube was like really, really just starting to get into the scene, Mm -hmm. at least in the Indian landscape. So, uh, overall tech was really fascinating, right, Uh, and whatnot, and it just became a natural progression, you know, Uh, like, uh, building something felt a lot more natural and a lot more attractive as a proposition, Mm -hmm. and it just a slippery slippery slope from there onwards, right. Okay, You start building into one thing, you start partnering up with people to build stuff, and then you just, you know, you figure out how you just want to get, do more and more of it. I think I enjoyed it. So here I am, mm-hmm. like, you know, building Freestand right now is my third company, uh, like, ever. Like, the other two don't really count because they were college startups. Uh, yeah, but this one is a lot more serious for me. Yeah. call
0: startups are still startups. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they would be. But, you know, I, I think compared to, like, you know, the experience that I've had with Freestand now, for sure. uh, I mean, it's almost, not, that doesn't count as much. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So it's funny, I too got, into, got down the path, started going down the path of entrepreneurship when I just simply just wanted to buy a house in the Bay Area, and yeah. the prices of houses were raising effectively faster than I could reasonably increase my income, and right. I was like, okay, this is, this is not a game I want to play anymore, and I was like, I had to, to think about what are the alternate ways to win this game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So how, how'd you go from, okay, I want to become an entrepreneur to getting into the domain of consumer goods?
1: Uh consumer goods, uh, that, that's another interesting story. Uh, quick, I'll quickly give So when I was in my, uh, a couple of startups that I'd done before uh, in my college, like one was my filmmaking startup. We made short films for YouTube and also for like the monetization was by brand partnerships. And uh, after that, there was an IoT startup, right, where we were trying to devise uh, what would be uh, Apple watch quality, you know, health tracking sensor. Uh, right, but we failed at that back then. So I was coming out of uh these two experiences and I really wanted to take things slow and I wanted to, you know, focus on basics. So I really got into fitness. Uh mm-hmm. like after that. I was like, you know what, I'll take some time and really learn, teach myself things and I'll focus on the health as well and whatnot, everything. So when I was focused on my health and fitness, right, uh, uh like I really you it, you'd naturally get into a lot of nutrition if you're really serious about you know health and fitness. Uh and I, I got into cold press juices, right? Uh and because like right above my gym was like what would be a Whole Foods uh, mm-hmm. In America, right? Uh, so it's, it's called Nature's Basket in India. The com- comparative, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I got into a lot of cold press to like you know get keep in shape and get the nutrients and macros and micros. And uh, in, in that process, essentially, I just like realized that okay, uh, this I, I started to like. Like I decided to start my own cold press juice have Like maybe you could make them tasty, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, it's out of that, uh, yeah. So so essentially, that got me into cpg and you know fmcg essentially mm-hmm. to figure out okay d2c is something that is opening up that discovery phase like happened for us uh and, and, yeah and and that is how essentially like when, when in the process of planning marketing for my product launch for my cold produce we realized that if you're taking if you're going to make a better tasting alternative of an incumbent product in fmcg we'll have to sample a lot
2: yeah. we we'll have to
1: get a lot of people to try our product right and the status quo back then and you know like still at large in india continues to be Hiring a bunch of promoters, you know, and handing out product samples manually right. to whosoever comes into the store. I mean, product sampling has been the same for like decades, like centuries at this point. Like, and uh, there's no data into it. It's a very opportunistic kind of a marketing activity, right? Hmm. You have a community. I'll give you my product. You just distribute it. I'll pay you some money. That's that's what, it's been very transactional. There's been no data and everything into it. And it felt pretty na- non-natural to us to, for, to do that because I came from technology background, right, a little bit. Uh, and my co-founders, my partners, right, were also come kind of from technology background. right? So we we, thought, we felt it was a lot, we, we started to think about how will we sample if we'll sample as a brand, right? Uh, and in that process, you know, we ended up really realizing that sampling is a much bigger problem and felt a lot more intuitively inclined mm-hmm. to build for technology for product sampling. And, you know, that's how we stand, uh, that's how we moved into, you know, uh, FMCG and technology as, as an intersection of our current startup.
0: Did you actually end up launching your cold pressed juices? Is that a thing someone can buy on the internet?
1: No, okay. never, never did. Just <laughs> a bunch of recipes scribbled on a few notepads here and there. Yeah. Hey, that's a <laughs> yeah.
0: win. I feel like when I so there's a I don't know if you're aware, but there's a huge community around the idea of like soilent, the idea of like some nutritionally complete oh, yeah. Yeah. meal replacement, yeah. and people try to create their own DIY versions that taste better yeah. or has a better like macro distribution, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You feel like, at a, some level, you're kind of like a mad scientist, and you're just trying to come yeah. up with a better product.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Thailand is amazing. Almost like I think I've never had it on my own, but like I've I've, I've, I've like learned so much about that community. And you know, like kudos to the brand. Like you know, they they've pub, they've made their recipes publicly available. They in, they encourage people, I think, to you know come up with their own recipes as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think I think that's a very positive, you know, like you know, positive mentality uh, out there. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, sometimes when I'm, you know, like working with a brand here in India, right, like as a cl- as a client, I cannot tell them to you know, maybe you should do something like that, right? Hmm. So possibly, if you have a brand that product that is simple enough, the community can, you know, probably challenge and come up with a new way to improve your existing product. Go for it, right? But I don't think we like I've seen enough of that here. But like, yeah, that's something I like about Soylent and mad scientist vibes. Yeah, all kudos to that, <laughs> all for it. Yeah, so that's what that's what Jimmy teaches you ultimately. <laughs> how to make the chicken tastier. <laughs> yeah, right. that's hard.
0: Making chicken tasty can be a huge challenge, and took me like a few years to get it right.
1: Oh, yeah, it, 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 it always takes time. Like, and, and then there is the how to get broccoli to taste right, and I don't think anybody <laughs> can <taste it> right <laughs> right? Completely. Yeah.
0: So you have this idea. You have this idea is like, hey, I've seen this problem in the market. How did you find your first batch of people to talk to to, I guess, do like c- customer discovery?
1: How do you do customer discovery? Uh, I mean, I think outright. I think cold calling.
0: Oh, okay, you cold called, okay.
1: Uh, I, I, we cold called people, essentially. The simple idea was the first client, uh, so, I mean, you know, we were just at it, and uh, we were able to, I mean, Lucia, like, there are a bunch of LinkedIn extensions you can use right, to really right. get, get a phone number. And if it's somebody's problem, right, out there, then they will want to use it. I think I think that we were able to cold call at the since the beginning from day one and we were uh we were really because like i had I'd been I had, I had had a bit a little bit of an entrepreneurial experience before so i was not afraid of you know uh, like that that hitch uh
0: right. you
1: know to call people was mm. not there to begin with so okay. it was it was easy like so to get the first few clients i mean it was not easy but the internalization of that process was not difficult yeah do
0: you, yeah. Do you know how many cold calls you've done at this point
1: Uh, a few hundreds if not thousands i think okay. easily easily won, like a few okay oh, yeah, easily a few hundred phone calls easily yeah well, and what's
0: the conversion rate on that on that batch
1: actually quite decent okay. <laughs> not, not, not a bad conversion rate actually I, i'm quite proud of my conversion rate so what titles uh, are you like
0: going after in terms of like i don't know the standardized like linkedin whatever platform uh
1: what other pla- other way outside of uh, you know linkedin
0: sorry uh, uh, like on linkedin what titles are you looking for to find your appropriate match Lovely,
1: right? um, I, I take the I take uh, I rather like to take the company route instead of taking yeah, see, the title route, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'll take I'll go to the company page and from there identify what people are there. Probably try to find first priority would be somebody you know whom who's from my college or like somebody whom I would probably have a lot many connects with. I see, and uh, you know then essentially just and marketing is a specific dimension, right? Product example, it comes into marketing, so mm-hmm. a mid senior to the senior individual in marketing would do. you know. Gotcha. So, yeah that's the general uh, idea with smbs you can directly call the founders as well like with smaller brands right. uh, and medium-sized brands it's 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 dramatically easier to just call the founder uh, and you know and pre covid days you could just um, i mean pre covid days you could like you know walk outside walk into somebody's office and just wait uh, just ask the receptionist to, you know get your meeting and just wait outside and you'll, you'll mm. get the meeting at the end of the day somebody will spare 15 minutes to speak to you right, right. people are people are actually quite nice uh ultimately at the end of the day and if they're shitty then that's just an experience you get <laughs> it sucks but it happens yeah. Yeah.
0: so how far along were you in the building process of an mvp before you started cold calling
1: parallel parallel okay. almost parallel like so we were building it and we were calling it. like so uh, it was it was absolutely parallel uh, so you know uh, there was no uh, uh, there's no hold up on that uh, like so we we were building the product and mm-hmm. we were calling the clients that we wanted to reach out to and we were looking to make sure uh, to reduce the tra- tra- fraction, uh, friction because we are building a B2B enterprise software product, mm-hmm. and it helps uh, and it uh, and you know the enterprises like uh, even for you know businesses don't take decisions without other logos right. as easily so you know uh, like uh, in the very initial like uh, our, our trickiest part was to you know figure out a model where we don't lose money, uh, but we still acquire the customers, right? So mm-hmm. coming up with a model uh, where, you know, there is enough money, uh, like, to make the whole program work without losing any money as a bootstrapped company. That's mm-hmm. what we prioritize for. Like, so got the first client for free, got the second one to pay at an additional margin. Third fourth, you know, paid up as well because the, you know, the logos kept on piling that way. Right, right. right. Essentially, that, that was the same process.
0: So what's the pricing model now? Is it like a percent basis or is it like flat fee per X interactions? How do you price it?
1: Actually, pricing is our biggest pain point right now okay. uh, that we're trying to resolve it because we're evolving, right? As a company, we want to right. be more of a SaaS offering, right? Uh, and a enterprise uh, SaaS offering right now. Like, So there are multiple ways we can price ourselves uh, because essentially, you uh, uh, we're building on to a bunch of uh, services, right? We are product sampling. So, how product sampling works? I think David is to help you understand right now. Uh, digital product sampling, right? So, a customer. So, the offer to claim the sample gets distributed via media. Mm-hmm. Then the customer has to interact with the brand directly, automated uh, interaction, and then there is a sample that needs to be delivered or fulfillment right. needs to take place, right? Uh, and so, this is a bun. This is this is essentially three, four services brought together. We don't uh, so for delivery we have partners for targeting right targeting the right customers or distributing the sampling offer there is media buys that mm-hmm. go into it right and then there's the interaction bit interaction bit is what we build in house right so there are multiple ways we can you know uh, we can factor in all the different pricing we can charge a margin on top of what whatever our costs are mm-hmm. we can also you know uh, price it we can also do a platform fees model right where we stay uh, make the tech cost a separate uh cost and you know like the cost per sample is like a different one we are kind of experimenting with you know what direction would work the best for us right now uh, but there are quite uh, there are quite a few ways and we have experimented a lot with our pricing so that mm-hmm. in our bootstrap times uh, that's uh, and i think you know uh, that that's an advantage of uh, the entire duration we took when we were bootstrap we made sure that we could run every single possible experiment we can because there's no pressure you know when we we're bootstrapping yeah
0: yeah. Do you consider yourself a tech company or a tech company plus a logistics company? We're a tech company. Okay,
1: uh, we are a tech company right now. Yeah.
0: So I when mean, you, yeah, yeah. so you don't get yourselves involved in the three PL process of actually like taking physical goods at all?
1: No, we do take care. We do take part in that. Okay, we in that, but we're but we are building technology on top of it primarily as well. We are working with our partners, right, essentially to deliver the sample to the end customer's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but, but we are primarily building technology that, you know, builds transparency into the processes. We can maybe even bring in a local delivery vendor or a local 3PL partner instead of using a branded one mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, offer our, our services at a much competitive rate. I see. Uh, but we, uh, I mean, we could we could innovate in full methods to fulfillment in the future, but that's not something, uh, I mean, I don't think we today qualify as a Logistics
0: company, right? So, how do you find three PL companies to partner with if if that's not a core part of your business? I Imagine there's, a, like, the, that whole world is its own business. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty easy actually. Just call them. Oh, really? Uh, there's, yeah, just, there's like a directory yeah. of
0: three PL companies you can just like call.
1: Yeah, you can. I think you can Google right now, right? Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, I mean because they are like uh, e-commerce is booming in India, right? Like quite okay. like quickly. Yeah. And the startup scene is quite healthy, right? So uh, there is almost, there's, there's, a, there's a startup almost for everything. And some of the startups are really, really matured up, right? And they do, like, allow, allow you, like, and, and, like, you know, they're, like, it's easy to get in touch with somebody at these enterprises, you know, like, at, at 3PL companies or, let's say, a delivery logistics mm-hmm. company out there. And, yeah, so, so it's, it's actually not really hard to partner with a logistics company or a 3PL company, okay. our, a, like, at least in our experience, at least. There's a lot of variables to understand, a lot of things to understand, but uh, I think that's an information challenge. Okay.
0: And you mentioned you're trying to tackle um, the, the um, <clears throat> sorry, you're trying to help um, your clients go, like solve the end-to-end solution, is that correct?
1: Correct, correct. We're, we're trying to be like the, uh, like the out-of-the-box solution for product sampling, like uh, users to do, come up with any product sampling campaign out there, like, yeah, you know, like how MailChimp would be for email marketing. I see, Three but for, okay. be for product sampling, right? Exactly. Hmm. That's, that's, how, that's how we like to go about
0: it. Yeah. Do you use MailChimp as a comparison often?
1: Yeah, quite often. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually, uh, they, they, I mean, we're, we're often selling to marketing teams, and uh, senior marketing individuals have, uh, like, almost all of them happen to have experience with email marketing. So those are the suites they must have actively used by themselves. I see. So, so like, you know, MailChimp. Like it's like you know it connects all the right dots. That. At least that's our opinion uh, right now. And I think it's yeah. If we do get this R uh, at the end of you know, MailChimp is for email marketing and you know, or something that that does add up. And that's like a, the check for us. Okay, that is working. It didn't work for us in Viacominator. I think <laughs> when we applied to the Viacominator, mm-hmm. uh, I think I wrote it there as well, but <laughs> no, it didn't work out. <laughs> so
0: so the so let's say you get a, you get a cold call. Someone picks up and they're willing to take the call. How long is a typical sales cycle to go from that first cold call interaction into them being a paying customer on your on your platform?
1: Uh, for SMBs, uh, the decision time can be about ten to fifteen days, uh, okay. right? Like essentially, the first uh, so t- technically the first call is, is a, a brief intro uh, pre COVID days at least. that's just a quick intro, uh, like about what we're doing. Uh, send me a deck. Uh, schedule a uh, you know schedule a one on one meeting. Mm-hmm. Right, and then take the meeting and you know then they'll be like then they'll have some questions resolve those questions uh maybe they can have a bunch more questions at that point in time or negotiations directly Mm -hmm. and then close uh most of the sales pipelines will fall flat uh like either somebody does not take the call or at the call the pitch goes bad right Uh, the most major fallout in the funnel is happening at those stages uh at last i think that if somebody has invited you over for a meeting. Uh, it, it does end up like you know going quite a, quite the distance it, it will go some distance for sure it'll at least reach negotiations if, if the meeting has happened at least that's our experience with our pipelines
0: yeah. is negotiation a new skill for you? Is that something that you're learning through freestand or is it something you've done in the past as well
1: uh, i like I think uh, having run a couple of startups during college uh, did bring that experience like that uh, tech retards right you were building we were essentially a uh, fun, we were trying to build this uh, short film, uh, you know, uh, short film media company, right? That was That's what we were trying to do there. And we were partnering with a few brands there, right, as well. Uh, so, uh, and I was, uh, I was leading like these, some of these collaborations. I think this was my second year as college. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, some experience from there. And plus then, you know, like a lot of my friends really used to aggressively criticize me for being superfluous with my spendings right so that really got me to understand about like negotiate like i, I used yeah. to observe my friends that are better at spending than me yeah yeah uh, yeah so, so there is a little bit of that but yeah majority of the learnings have happened at you know free stand only and they, they continue to happen i think uh, you know like you cannot really be good at i mean if i was great at negotiations right like things like things would be moving much more faster and we would be making a lot more margins right now but that's not <laughs> to, we need to always push that uh, so I am subscribed to the master class just for the Chris Voss mm, lecture series, okay. right? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm currently trying to go through. Have you read
0: his Never Split the Difference?
1: It's uh, it's. It, I was referred to it today again by okay. one of the call, like you know, like one of our advisors referred us. You should read that book, and I was like, yeah, mm. I'm just going to the video lecture series first, right? <laughs> yeah. And Something so I really
0: something i really like about your website is at the bottom of the pages you have a link to books that you love like i haven't seen that before and i think that's just so cool like i think more more businesses should put out the books that they enjoy like it's it's like pretty pretty cool to see a personal view into a person's mind in terms of who they've read who they not read and what they like uh, uh,
1: i mean like we we found that we thought, i mean we were trying to really put out the vibe that uh, so people are really important at freestime right uh, and uh, the idea is that uh we want to connect to people like uh, like even a hiring process like interviewing processes cultural fit first technical fit second right essentially with our interview. like so we'll talk to somebody for an hour before we understand how skilled they are right uh, i mean of course we'll only interview them but their skills on paper are actually quite decent uh, not bad like uh, at least but you know that's uh, i mean so so the idea is that you know we want to talk about things that are that we're actually genuinely you know passionate about or things that we really like or things that we actually enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and yeah it's under that pretext yeah, you know, that we, uh, you know, that, that's essentially the, the reason why we had this, uh, the books that we love. We also had the ad campaigns that we en- like and enjoy. We, I think if it's not there, it's currently getting updated. Uh, and you know, we have, like, I think we were we are planning to put out, like, you know, songs that we enjoy as well, like a Spotify playlist of, you know, like the top three favorite songs of everybody in the team, hmm. right? <laughs> so uh, I think that's just a, just a more homely, just a more, you know, personal vibe for you know, people at three times, yeah.
0: I noticed that your co-founder on her, one of her websites, she lists out the thing, one of, like she has a list of her favorite movies in IMDb. I thought that was pretty cool. Like I think it's uh, it's always pretty neat to see the movies that people enjoy the same same way as books.
1: When I was in college, I think somebody told me that you know when you check checkmark all the IMDb top two fifty movie list, right? Uh, I think they they ask you to take a quiz, and then they send a plaque to you. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, I did not do <clears> that. I wanted to be very honest with it. Uh, but but like I think my friend told me that his brother got. It. I don't know if he was lying or he was saying the truth. I'm not sure about it, if that happens or not. But uh, I think that's that's why I got into habit of you know like watching a movie, coming to IMDb and checking it mm-hmm. you know? And you know, Snae also like, uh, but Snay got too obsessed with that idea. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So she has it on her website as well. Yeah.
0: So when in high school, I told myself I would watch the top 250 on IMDb at some point. And the funny thing is, it's just too long. Like I feel like sometimes yeah, it's, uh, yeah. there's too many movies that are out of genre or out of my interest, yeah, yeah. In, but uh, they are cinema. Like from a cinematography standpoint, they're really good, but they just don't. They're just not enjoyable to me. And I was like, shoot, there's a huge difference between things, the things I enjoy and the things that are good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That that is that is so true. Like anyway, I think uh, a Krugzak video, right, uh, is like. It's like so much more enjoyable than like, I think the most movies that you can see out there. I don't know, right? Uh, and I've not yet gotten through that complete channel. And I, I've just like recently gotten exposed to philosophy videos mm. and, you know, like uh, content and like sci-fi videos in that category on YouTube, like mm-hmm. coming out of the whole Casey that not vlogging enough, leading me to, you know, explore more quality content out there. So like movies have actually taken a little bit of a backseat right now, right? Uh, so that's, that's currently something of the
0: case. You're, you're talking about culture fit. Uh, interviews being an hour long. Well, what would you ask in that one hour long conversation?
1: I don't know. I think they're very inefficient. That's why they're an hour long, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, they're not an hour long because you're brilliant at it. Uh, <laughs> but I think what we mostly try to do is uh, we try to really, like, unless there's a vibe, like, I think we try to ask as many questions as we can to understand about, you know, how realistic this particular person is about, you know, whatever they're saying, uh, ultimately, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Yeah that's that's essentially where we end up spending most of our time like uh, just understanding you know what matters to this person uh you know what does not matter to this person like how like how articulate are they you know um uh, will we enjoy hanging out with them or not will we be doing the justice to the rest of the team by bringing this particular person with these particular viewpoints into the team and uh you know i think in general you're know, trying to have a good time right with a, with a particular individual that's that's the whole idea like you know if hmm. like how how quickly can somebody loosen up and you know be like realistic about their things and you know because we're not a corporate we are a startup right and that means and you know we, that, 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 those are just the things we need to find out and they think they take some time because people come to interviews uh, and you know they, they come to interviews with like a, a a hyped up energy than what they would usually have I think most of the times because everybody's trying to do good at them. There's no right, there's right, wrong right. with right? Everybody's trying to be amazing. Like maybe like right now in this video, like in the, during this interview, I'm particularly maybe a little bit more energetic. No, actually, I'm not. This is how energetic. <laughs> <I am. laughs> but uh, essentially, people tend to like take that additional time to 10-15 minutes to just like you know settle down and get the vibe mm-hmm. and get a little chill. So that's why they get about one hour long uh, usually for us. And we are inefficient. I'm fully aware about the fact that we are inefficient with that process. Yeah. But we can afford that right now. We're a small team.
0: Yeah. So inefficiency is. Uh, I think everyone thinks they're inefficient, but at the end of the day, I think doing the right thing could sometimes take longer. And if you get the, if you are able to make a better decision by taking a little more time, I don't know if I consider it inefficient. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You. I mean, a An hour now, if it can save like you know, uh, like, like tens of hours of no drama, like right, future, right, it's worth it then, right? Uh, that, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, so we don't get any drama in our team right now. Pretty, pretty happy about it. <laughs> that is,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the questions you mentioned asking is, like, what matters to someone and what doesn't matter to them? I really like those questions. and I I generally like to ask those questions, too, when I interview people. But I'd love to reflect the questions back to you. Like, what, what would you say matters to you and what doesn't matter to
1: you? Uh, awesome. Uh, what matters to me? I, I think what matters to me is, like, you know, uh, to work in like a tech startup, right? That's not uh, that's you know like you, there are so many good great opportunities out there, right? And uh, I mean, we're we're a great opportunity from the standpoint of l- if you want to learn uh, a lot right now, and if you would like to get, take ownership of things, right, mm-hmm. uh, and those things, right, from people. Uh, so, uh, uh, so the reason, like, so what I'm like, you know, what matters to me right now is like. Uh, so here's a, I'll answer that question with a little bit of an anecdote. Uh, sure. So I, I think, I think, I think Jeff Bezos was a, like, was an absolute boss man to like, you know, come up with like, uh, Amazon back in the day, but it was also a fairly obvious idea if you really think about it. I don't know. In retrospective, it feels very, <laughs> right. Uh, and I think, you know, people who did not think of that idea, I'm like, what were you guys doing? <laughs> you know, uh, like other uh, people who were living in that same parallel timeline. Right, right. Uh, uh, and, in context to that i like i, I would like to I'd like to think that you know what there is an idea that just became possible this moment mm-hmm. because of technologies that are available just in within this moment right so there is an idea that one could not have before this moment right like so there was a point in time when amazon became a feasible idea all of a sudden maybe the time when you know website this website were there warehouses were there deliveries happened i don't know there were a few There must have been a few things technological breakthroughs that must have happened for something to be possible there and then mm-hmm. uh, Ah, uh, for me, what matters to me is like what what personally matters to me is I would like to be the person who can come up with the ideas that are po- that are getting possible today, right? I don't know if that makes sense. Like being aware, no, of I hear you. Yeah, Technical yeah. surroundings that I can I, I can I can come up with those ideas. Maybe I don't take them up or I don't execute them, but I think that's where I would like my awareness or understanding of things to be, right? Maybe from let's say from a business model standpoint or let's say from a technical breakthrough standpoint whatever I can, whatever variables I can cobble together. Uh, and I think I, whenever I come across any of those ideas, I really feel good about it.
0: Do you write them <laughs> uh, down?
1: I, I do try to maintain a notion doc uh, okay. for, for, like, you know, my ideas, and I've categorized them as B2C, B2B, B2G as well, actually. Uh, oh, I do the same thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, I can, I try, I'm i trying to come up with, like, on one of, one of my side projects a few months back, I was trying to come up with, like, an idea classifier tool. Hmm. I figured out, you know, every idea essentially belongs to a certain uh, industry and that industry will have some existing competition and that, uh, and you know, there'll be founders there, there'll be funding there, you know, they'll be like, oh, I was like, if I can be why can I not just type my idea and, you know, just have that analyzed for me. Right. So I've been trying to come with that, have not been able to build anything on it. Mm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what side projects are for. They're never, <laughs> to, get, <laughs> they're never to get completed. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, this opportunity for, I guess, the opportunity to always be growing and to always be, increasingly aware of your technical uh, capabilities as I guess tech becomes more available as well as yeah. opportunities the market is the thing you really that really motivates you is that right uh,
1: uh, yeah uh, it, it, it's it's, uh, it's a hyper value I think you know uh, like the previous startups that I was running I was I as I was way too much more confident like about things like about like I, I felt like I knew a lot more I think it was like the what is that effect I'm not able to recall when you know a little but you think that you know a lot uh, I, I think I'm a loss of words. I, I know you're
0: talking about the uh, Dunning-Kruger effects. Dunning-Kruger. Like that. Kruger yeah, 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 effect.
1: right. So back in the day, I had the Dunning-Kruger effect, yeah. and like as I've, as I've sp- spent more time learning things, like uh, that. So like you know that awareness about how much I don't know has really started to settle in. <laughs> so like <I> think, <laughs> right, and uh, that uh, and now there's a there's an internal need to maybe combat that feeling mm-hmm. uh, right as well. So that's, that, that's why maybe that matters to me uh, a little bit. So uh, that's what that matters to me. What does not matter to me? I think that's another part of the question that I completely, completely forgot to address, right? Uh, what does not matter to me? Oh, wow. I've never thought about, like, what doesn't really matter to me? Uh, doesn't matter to me is, um, I, think, uh, I think, I think, I have no idea, honestly, I, what doesn't matter to me. I, I really have no answer for you on that one. Yeah, that's my honest
0: take. The yeah, the common one I usually hear from a lot of founders is the uh, they don't care about either a certain lifestyle, they don't care about money, they don't care about the flashy cars. Do you still want the Lambo? <laughs> no,
1: I, 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 I you know, I, I also got into like a lot of, you know, uh, top gear <laughs> and uh, a lot okay. of uh, YouTube uh, video uh, you know, vloggers. I think Doug Dumero as well and what Yeah, are...
0: yeah, I I love his yeah. videos. cuz
1: reviews uh, yeah, are good. Yeah. Amazing, right? I think I, I really enjoy the part, you know, where you get to know that the technology inside. And I think, uh, you know, my take on cars has changed severely because I used to be like, you know, uh, I think I used to be a lot into cars because of how what their interiors were like, mm. right? And now the interior technology has really dated back, right? So that fascination has really gone away and uh, <laughs> entirely because I think the difference between an average cheap car versus an expensive car used to be the amazing interior experience they could provide you, but the cheap car does not really provide you a bad experience anymore. Right. right and it's it, it makes a lot more financial sense now i understand a little bit of finance right over there. so it does not seem like the, uh, the money I, I don't think like if, when it comes to like what matters to you everything has some form of attribution like if you were to do a marketing if you were to do like a mixed model for you know what matters to you i'm, I'm sure money has some form of attribution for everybody for uh, sure and, yeah. and, and you know i think uh, yeah but uh, so i i really don't know what does not matter to me in that context right? okay that, that, that would be like a very good question to explore actually
0: yeah. So, so let's say we fast forward a few years and you're making like I don't know, a, few, a few million dollars a year. Would you buy a Lambo at that point or, or do you think it's not, not relevant to you anymore?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know how will I be like, making a few million dollars uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a few years. I, I mean I, I don't have a straight path to that for myself. Uh, yeah. Will I be buying a Lamborghini out of it? Uh, I don't know. Does not does not seem like uh, the most uh, useful thing mm-hmm. to do with your money. Uh, unless, unless I'm trying to brag around, I think at least COVID has made that even more, uh, you know, like out there because the car like has been standing out for like over a year, like, and it's been driven like I think ten times at best mm. right now. I don't know. So is that something that I want to spend that kind of money on? Now? I, I I would definitely spend like buy the most expensive, you know, like Herman Kardon and Logi- Logitech chair that is out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I, I would like a really comfy chair and a g- great work desk, and mm. I think the top of the line computer, I think those things matter to me. I think my tools matter to me, uh, mm. right? I think I think maybe in that sense, like how a chef would buy the most expensive knife, uh, if they if they keep on right. growing. Uh, similarly, I would want to just like, I don't know, these are the things that really matter, and I use, yeah.
0: yeah so. I used to be all about these consumer goods, like I wanted the fanciest car, fanciest house, but I feel like now I just want the best tools and the best team. Like I feel like those are far more satisfying to me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, like a like a subscription to like Zapier and Retool and I don't mm. know <laughs> <Like a clean> <laughs> <tool>. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great.
0: <laughs> Some of these tools are just so good. That I don't like. I don't even know how they make money because I feel like the free tier is just so good. Like I use I use ClickUp. It's a pretty popular. I'm not. We're not sponsoring by them or anything. Yeah. But I just really like the tool, and yeah. the free tier is just so darn good.
1: It's incredible. I think SaaS has come really far along. I'm, uh, I think some of these tools have gone so good, like I think they I think their marketing strategy to convert people from you know not paying to paying is just being great
2: right right <laughs> right
1: <laughs> and uh, I think I think that's thats something uh, so, yeah yeah saAS tools
0: so you've been at this for a few years now, is that right
1: yeah, yeah I've been at this for a few years yeah how how has your work
0: life balance changed over those years, or has it
1: changed uh okay why are work and life separate in the column of work and life like so life composes of work plus extra things and then there's work on the <laughs> top like were to really do that fraction <laughs> right i don't know like to be slightly i, I, I uh, it's it's gone for a toss <laughs> that's the real answer uh, in the traditional sense of how people would want to look at it uh, but in the very realistic sense of it i've become more of myself mm. if that makes any sense i think if, uh, through this process of building this a startup and going through these different phases and facing all the challenges, I think I've been able to figure out more of who I am, right? Hmm. Uh, a little bit more often, I think. So I've become more of my, like, does that does that attribute to life? Now, like, do I say that, uh, you know, Is that work life, like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how to really uh, articulate that out. So that's that's where I am, I
0: think. Yes. How about in terms of, like, number of hours? Do you find that, like, has COVID affected you in terms of giving you more work, less work? Pre-COVID, like, were you working more, or were you working less? How's that changed?
1: I, uh, um, so uh, I don't know. Like, so I've been really one of the super fortunate individuals, I would say. I came across the whole podcast scene then just before lockdown was like beginning. Like, I think before COVID. And like, I think I got like the Joe Rogan podcast and all the entire novel, Ravikant, you know, whatever content he puts out there. Plus, a lot of Tim Ferris. Being able to explore mm-hmm. that, you know, that that coinciding with the fact that we were still scaling our startup. And, you know, getting access to, an, like, essentially getting into meditation and a lot of things. Uh, so, the lockdown has, like, really refined me, I would say, you know. Mm. It gave me a lot of time to spend with myself, uh, you know. And uh, and that has really, like, ended, that, that's really helped me, actually. Quite honestly, uh, it's one of the worst times for humanity, right, Other, But uh, I've been insanely fortunate, right, to be able to discover so much. Because I think I had, I've always had the the stamina to consume long-form content out there, right? Uh, but I think I've never ha- never actively looked for high-quality long-form content, right? I've not been able to find, let's say, enough of it. Like, there was always the uh, Y-combinator content that is out there accessible. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, but mostly outside of that, so, like, you know, good podcasts became a source of learning. And, and you know, in parallel to that, like, you know, just being able to access a lot more of yourself. Uh, I think because, you know, novel really... I think Naval offers you articulation, right, through his podcast. I think more than, you know, whatever he's trying to teach you, I think you listen to his podcast, you go back, you pitch your startup 10x better,
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) right? Uh, I don't know. And uh, in that process, you're able to talk, you're able to think your thoughts clearly as well. And I don't know, that, that has a delta, that has a change, significant change on, you know, your overall self. Uh, over an extended period of time. So that's what happened to me uh, during the lockdown. <laughs> if that's an indication, and you know, we were able to really put that behind. Uh, I was able to really to, I was able to take all of that and put that behind freestyle and really like you know, uh, fuel that engine like along. And I got my co-founder into that. I got, I, I you know, I started prescribing what I know to like anybody and everybody whom I could you know, get to. Yeah. So in fact, like I got my sister to start a startup as well. Huh. During lockdown, yeah, 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 as well. Like so, yeah. So that's that's how lockdown has been for me. And, and she's 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 already made like a decent amount of revenue, and she's still in college. Right? That's cool. So, yeah, because I was able to articulate everything that yeah. I could not understand while I was in college about a startup, and I was able to really distill it down to her hmm. uh, to understand. I think that 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 yeah. So it's been great for me actually. Hmm. I've been working a little bit more. Uh, the answer to your question. Yeah. But I've been working like a lot more uh, on like a lot of different things that uh, you know come back. Uh, that are circle. Everything is connected. Like, if I'm working on myself, it's coming back to my work. I'm working on my work mm-hmm. and trying to find you know so it's 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 been like a good holistic time. I would say. Okay,
0: it's so, good to hear. Yeah. How how'd you go from a company that started off being boots? Like, did you know you wanted to raise money from day one? Is that an idea that you had, or is it something that came later?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, it was it was uh, like uh, in the when we started out like. That that's that was the root cause of the wrong decisions that we took upfront. Actually, okay. right. Uh, uh, so a lot of a lot of wrong principles. Like again, like like we've been in it for three plus years, and out of that, I would say one and a half plus year was just uh, correcting basic mistakes that I think most people who would who would have like a lot more who would have the basics sorted as yeah. you kind know, of what they want, how they want to approach it would would not have to spend that one and a half hour that I have had to spend. All right, doing things uh the i mean i like one of the other co-founders that i got in my company at the very beginning right uh i got that purely because uh, of shallow reasons like i was like okay this person was my college uh, you know project partner and something of like that and maybe you know these things add up maybe you know this this uh, this, this would be a good pitch maybe found uh, maybe investors would be able to get behind in that but all of those quickly fell apart right for us and i was able, like i was fortunate enough that you know these things fell apart right in time for us right as well and i had i had my current co-founders still mm-hmm. having my back through that process and them saying you know let's do it right right and actually learning that you know like we wanted to raise funds at the beginning mm-hmm. and then there was a time when we just wanted to learn things uh and then we wanted to just like then we were enjoying working on what we were working on right I see. and uh, and then we did realize that you know in order to grow we wanted we wanted to figure out we want to we want to like experience and like you know really deliver that exponential growth out there
2: mm-hmm. because
1: like so the one thesis that we've had like one thing that has kept us together is that you know our vision of future right so product sampling has been manual up until now it's mm-hmm. going to be digitized in the future it's a matter of whether we are going to do it or not right uh, for us so that that one thesis has been like correct i believe in mm-hmm. running this experiment so we've been able to get behind that thesis right and if it's going to be completely digital in the future uh, yeah the best way to build it is through like, you know, uh, like getting private investment right behind, like, you know, that does allow you to take the kind of risk, experiment, build mm-hmm. it in the way it really deserves to be built. Right. And being a first mover in our category as well. Uh, you know, uh, so I think, I think that is, that is, that, that, that is a component. So we did start off with like a bad intention, not mm-hmm. the right, we did start off with that we want to raise funds, but for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. then we quickly, uh, you know, became like, we were able to spend enough time, slog through the process and understand why you need to raise funds and raised it for the right process right reason right now I believe that
0: is this the first time you've raised funds
1: this is the first time I've been able to successfully uh raise funding right yeah that would be the correct articulation Uh, for tech regards we once (laughs) tried to go out and you know raise funding for our media channel small media company uh yeah we did not we did not succeed at it I think a lot of I think there were a lot of multi-channel networks in YouTube that would come along, you know, to like bring you on and make you a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those happened for us, but I don't think that the, none of no funding as such like came through for that. But I, I did experience like, I don't know, like a weeks or maybe 10 days worth of fundraising attempt and experience uh, back then. Yeah.
0: How do you know how to find these investors and how do you know what the right amount of equity to give up in exchange for a certain amount of money was, or was it all gut feeling? I don't
1: know. So there is a, I mean we did draw up like the whole long term like you know model like again because we have spent so much time into it and we understand the different variables involved now uh we were able to draw out like a long term map of like you know where we are and what looks like uh what looks like us becoming a big company that is like really really you know be- like what what looks like us being the status quo software on you know product sampling like you know w- mm-hmm. what gets up there right we were able to map that journey, right? What all will we have to do? We, uh, probably we'll have to innovate in, you know. So again, product sampling is targeting interaction, fulfillment and uh, the data part of it, of course. So we, it requires us to innovate in all these three fronts, right? As much as we can throughout the journey and aligning with what the clients are looking to achieve through the combination of these three, right? So we were mm-hmm. able to draw that out. So, you know, we have a, and, and that come, came with like, you know, uh, I mean, like, again, there's a lot of good advice on what equity to give out as well, I could say. Uh, I think I think that's one place where like, you know, combinator Advice is super helpful, right? I think that that's one part that hmm. they've really worked at it and they've cleared it out, uh, yeah, like I think quite decently. Uh, and Paul Graham has articles and everything on it, right? I think I really like that article, you know, where he talks about the founder equity. I don't know this this. Doesn't yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with the article. Yeah, uh, know, uh, uh, he talks about like what amount of equity to give out to your co-founder, and it says you know what equity they're comfortable with and they'll enjoy staying in with this company. I think that's what it loosely translates into. I'm not able to verbatim, quote him. Uh, yeah, but I think you know uh, that was a very good. That 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 just felt so right. you know, okay. When I when I said that, and uh, the, in terms of equity, with uh, again like that followed through, like so with like the advice 10% to ten percent to twenty percent dilution for a seed round, right? And uh, I, and you know like essentially like then mapping that out on your like what does the capital look like as we keep on going and how many rounds do would we have to potentially mm-hmm. raise in order to be where we want to be? Yeah. So that's essentially what we did to calculate that. That, that I think that's mathematically calculatable. So One can do that.
0: And how how do you find these people to invest in your company? And how many pitches do you have to do to get until you got a successful fundraise?
1: Uh, how many pitches did we get to do the successful fundraise? Um, uh, again, like the Indian, you know, startup ecosystem and the culture, like over out here, is quite quite amazing. It's healthy I actually. See. So there are, there are a lot of events that are happening every now and then, like you know. And the established startups are always there, you know, executing a program every now and then. Like I think Freshworks did something for startup B two B startups last year, like uh, during the lockdown. And you know, then there, then we got, then we were part of a couple of uh, about two three accelerators, right, uh, in India. So we were able to sign on to them, like uh, so a couple of them equity free accelerators, right, uh, and whatnot. And and we got a lot of support from them. Like that is something we did not think
2: hmm.
1: previously would be actually helpful, but um, everybody knows somebody, right? And you need people to be able to get behind you. And, uh, uh, and uh, like, I think, so that was that was a very good thing that we did. Like, you know, instead of, when we got rejected by the community in March of 2020, I think, uh, when we applied that time, then we decided that, you know, uh, hey, what about, like, all the other accelerators out there, you know? Uh, let's try and get in, let's try to see if we, like, you know, get through any other ones. And, you know, we mm-hmm. got through a few of them. And uh, they became really supportive. I think particularly, I'm Calcutta, like, has a... Accelerator, that's a premium B school in India. So they have a good brand name. They have a hmm. people, on the backing that they provide you with. And then we had like, you know, like a couple of like a female, uh, you know, like female focused, uh, you know, accelerator where my co founder was able to get into. And they got behind what we're doing. And then we got into Zone Startups, right? Uh, one of the Zone Startups programs as well. And you know, all of these people got behind us and, hmm. you know, in like, you know, referring us to the right people here and there. And then we were out there on our own. Like, like we have on ocean, we had an ocean list of every single, uh, you know, place where you could fill a Google form and go and pitch kind of an event, and we really worked on our pitch as mm-hmm. well. Quite like nice, I think. Uh, so that, I think having a good solid pitch, uh, and you know, like opportunities are abundant uh, out there. I think if you like, if you can, if, like you know, people need to be able to like hear you out and be able to understand you in the first five minutes. I think one of the worst mistakes I did, like you know, like back when I into like you know when I was pitching earlier on was like, I was too cocky about the fact that I need 10 minutes to pitch, uh, make my pitch, right? I was like, you know, they need to give me 10 minutes. You know, there's no way that this pitch session could be just three minutes. And it's a bummer when they shut it down at the end of three minutes. I, I have 27 slides to go. <laughs> you know, that does not make any sense. You have to bring it down to about 10 to 15. And, and and, and, it, and you know, they're not giving you less time. They're just requesting better articulation. And people okay. ask to complete those pitches in three minutes or five minutes. And I think now it. Those things totally make sense in retrospective Like, yeah, I mean, there are so many people who, who are out there with brilliant ideas, and uh, like, I think investors deserve to, you know, like have access to the best of them, right? Uh, through that process. So that process should be nice. So hmm. I think it's it's in the process. I think the uh, it's it's a process optimization task. Ultimately, improve your pitch. Uh, you know, get it clean, and you know, get a lot of people to refer you to a lot of good people uh, as well. Right? Yeah.
0: That Notion list that you're talking about is some. Is that something you built internally at your company, or is it something that you like found online? You just like went one by one and just like message or filled out the form for all of them.
1: We found out the list. Uh, we found out. Uh, we found out every single link. We filled up. We, we put it on the Notion, and we had a timer set. When to when? When is the deadline? Okay. And We connected that to a Slack, right? Mm. So we would know, like you know, okay, five seven days in, we have to submit this. Gotcha. we had like that that place in so that we made sure that you know we get got to them because when you're building a company you know you kind of tend to like uh, deprioritize filling up an application because you're like i mean i'm doing real business here so, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, i think it just helped us prioritize those things right and uh, yeah that's how we fill those forms
0: cool well i'd like to thank you for your time on being the, on the fuse show today i just like to end all of my calls with the same question What's the best way for our viewers to get in touch with you? If that's something they'd like to do.
1: Uh, on my, on, I think I have my Calendly on my LinkedIn already. Uh, that's a great way to get in touch with me. Uh, DMs on Twitter, both of those uh, LinkedIn Calendly plus my Twitter would be perfect. Yeah.
0: Sounds yeah. good. Well, thanks. I think
1: you. The, best, the, best, the best would be to get the Calendly link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah, like a quick meeting, 10, 15-minute meeting. That yeah. would be perfect.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thanks for your time today
1: thanks a lot thanks a lot for you know having a chat with me hearing me out I enjoyed sharing my story david yeah